Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. Heads up that you also might hear two different hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. With that said, on with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's September 19th. Utzi the Iceman was discovered on this day in 1991. Two German hikers found him. Their names were Erika and Helmut Simon. They were hiking in the Alps near the border of Austria and Italy, and they walked past this gully that was full of mostly melted snow. They saw something there that they thought was trash, but when they looked a little closer, they realized it was a body. They took a picture and they went to report it to the authorities because they thought this was somebody who was recently deceased, somebody who had been murdered or had accidentally died getting lost in the mountains not long ago. Authorities came the next day to try to drill the remains out of the ice because his upper body was exposed, but his lower body was just encased. And because everybody thought this was a recent victim of some kind of accident or violence, There weren't any archaeologists in the scene, and the attempts to remove the body were pretty rushed because of this incoming bad weather. So along the way, they inadvertently damaged it, not realizing that what they were looking at was an archaeological find and not a recent murder victim. They did start to get some clues that maybe this body was really old. There was an axe nearby that was removed from the scene and was definitely not a modern tool. And also, as they started to get more of a look at his clothing and the material around him, it seemed odd and out of place in the modern world. The body was finally recovered on September 23rd, along with pieces of string and hide and leather and other materials. While there was no archaeological oversight to the removal, it was filmed by the Innsbruck University Institute of Forensic Medicine. The body and the axe, and the recovered materials were all sent for analysis, but they were still all thinking that this was a hiker, a hiker who had died really recently. Finally, Conrad Spindler of Innsbruck University was called in to examine the body on September 24th, and he said he was sure it was at least 4,000 years old. This led to some discussion about what nation should be responsible for this body because it was found so close to the border between Austria and Italy. This also led to some discussion about which nation should be responsible for this body because it was found so close to the border between Austria and Italy, and eventually it was decided it should remain at Innsbruck. In July and August of 1992, there was further archaeological research in the area where the body had been found, and more materials brought back from that. It was ultimately determined that this man, nicknamed Utzi, was about 5,300 years old. And we have learned so much about him and about the world from 5,000 years ago since this discovery. Utzi had 61 tattoos, which were made from rubbing charcoal into incisions that were made in his skin. He was probably around 45 when he died. He had some horizontal grooves, also known as bows lines, on the one recovered fingernail that they found, which suggests that he experienced some great physical stress at several points in his life. His last meal included dried goat meat that, for some reason, was widely reported as bacon. 
He had plaques in his arteries that suggest some cardiovascular disease, and his DNA contains the world's oldest evidence of Lyme disease. Probably, Utzi has relatives still living today. Researchers have gone back and forth over Utzi's cause of death, as they've done more and more research on his remains. The earlier hypothesis is that he was murdered, but more recent research suggests that the wounds on his body that led to the conclusion that he was murdered probably would not have been fatal. He may have just frozen to death. You can learn more about Utzi in the January 4th, 2012 episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called Utzi, Everyone's Favorite Copper Age Man, along with almost every episode in the Unearthed series of episodes of Stuff You Missed in History class. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for a battle that was famous but not violent. Hello, welcome to This Day in History class, where we flip through the book of history and bring you a new page every day. The day was September 19, 1957. The first fully contained underground detonation took place at a research center in Nevada. The test, which was part of a series of nuclear tests called Operation Plumbob, did not produce any radioactive fallout. Operation Plumbob stirred up controversy once much of it was declassified. Operation Plumbob was a series of 23 nuclear detonations and six safety tests conducted by the U.S. military between May and October of 1957 at the Nevada test site. The test took place during the Cold War, at a time when the U.S. and the Soviet Union were engaged in a nuclear arms race. The two were spending a lot of time and money on developing bigger and better nuclear weapons, like the hydrogen bomb. The threat of nuclear war was always present. The Nevada test site was an important site for atmospheric and underground nuclear testing from the 1950s to the 1990s. Operation Plumbob was one of many series of nuclear tests conducted during this time, but it was a particularly long and comprehensive series. It tested nuclear weapons for potential inclusion in the defense arsenal. Most of the shots in the series were conducted to test design principles for nuclear warheads that would be put on intercontinental and intermediate-range missiles. But Plumbob also tested warheads to make advances in air defense and anti-submarine weapon systems. The safety tests were designed to make sure that there would be no nuclear reaction if its high explosive components were accidentally detonated. In addition to this, the operation allowed the military to test the effect of nuclear blasts on structures and aircraft. And it allowed scientists to study the effects of radiation on living organisms. Pigs were subjected to experiments to test protective materials and the effects of flying debris. The Rainier test was conducted on September 19th at 4.59 p.m. local time in an underground tunnel. A modified W-25 warhead was used for the test. Its explosive yield was 1.7 kilotons. Because it was an underground test, it was not easily observable by outsiders, 
and had less potential of causing a massive amount of fallout. Seismologists around the world could detect the tests, which was conducted to evaluate containment and detection of underground nuclear tests. The success of Rainier incited efforts to understand the phenomenology of contained underground explosions. Those included tunneling into the radioactive zone, theoretical modeling, and lab measurements. More underground tests were conducted the next year, but in late 1958, the U.S., Britain, and the Soviet Union agreed to a three-year moratorium on nuclear testing. After that, almost all nuclear testing in Nevada was done underground. During the nuclear testing phase of Operation Plumbob, a lot of radiation was released into the air, since the other tests were not underground. Declassified documents revealed that the Plumbob tests released about 58,300 kilocuries of radioiodine into the atmosphere over four months. Civilians and troops who conducted exercises near detonations were exposed to relatively high levels of radiation. Nuclear fallout is a hazard to the environment and to biological life, and it can cause illness and death. In 1963, the U.S. and the Soviet Union, along with other countries, signed the Partial Test Ban Treaty, which banned nuclear weapons tests in the atmosphere, in outer space, and underwater. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. We'll see you here in the same place tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.